This is Make Yourself at Home, BizNow's podcast where we hear from people across the spectrum of real estate about development and the pandemic, the recovery, and how it impacts the business. Today on the program, Marianne Tai, the CEO of CBRE's New York Tri-State region. I've asked Marianne to come on the podcast and share her views multiple times over the course of the pandemic, and she's never felt the time has been right. But now she has some predictions and some views about the city's office market and just how much working from home is really going to factor. I feel as though we were in this extended and and actually still are period of uh, discovery of trying to figure out what was going on. And I was so reluctant to uh, visit with you and repeat what all the statistics of that moment were, because I knew that those statistics were meaningless in the context of what was to come. And that in an interesting way, we kept validating the um, uncertainty by constantly surveying companies and people. And I I have to tell you, I am um, amused that people are shocked that their employees uh, aren't just taking a direction to return to the office. And I say, if for 15 months you ask people, do you wanna come back? How do you feel about working from home? And giving them, if you will, the right to vote on um, their work schedule, why would you be surprised that they think they now own control of their work schedule, right? So uh, my reluctance is simply that, Miriam, that I I felt as though I was just going to be underscoring what I really felt were, and everybody's heard me say this at my place, um, you know, asking a mother uh, delivering in the delivery room, how big a family do you want? Um, there, There are situations that don't lend themselves to objective analysis. And what we were going through was certainly like that. So now is different, do you think? I mean, I, I know we're still in kind of state of state of what's going to happen, but have you arrived at some conclusions, some sense of predictions yes. that you feel you, you can speak to and share? Yes, I mean, I, I do think that um, predictions of uh, the office demise uh, was premature and frankly ridiculous. Uh, I think that uh, the notion that we're just as productive Um, when we're out of the office as we are in has failed to take into account the fatigue that you and I mentioned a moments ago that sets in uh, of a day of remote uh, work and the the different nature of remote work. Again, uh, I'm not a, a, a psychologist, so I have no idea what it is about the difference between physical encounter and um, and, rem- and, and virtual and, you know, maybe someday holograms will solve this. That's the new, uh, new thing. I, I saw somebody had hologrammed himself into a panel. I thought that was hilarious. And I think kind of marvelous, right? I, I'm not dismissing any of the technology. I'm just saying that um, these are additional tools in our toolbox. They are not going to eliminate um, the need for people to get together. Do I think if there's a massive snowstorm that everyone will stay home and work from Zoom? You bet. Um, But I think that what we had been going through was uh, conditions that we will not likely see again. 
meaning that everyone we worked with was in the same place and that we were all working from the same technology base. And I think that that's not gonna happen again. So what, what are we beginning to see? I think we're beginning to see clearly that companies are going to um, agree to have a hybrid work environment, but they're gonna put, um, they're gonna put bumpers around it. And I'm hearing all manner uh, as in, you can work from home um, and again, this, it's uh, the, the sweeping, my company um, pronouncement is, is not the way it works. It's department by department, function by function. And what we're hearing is our department can work from home uh, one day a week. That day has to be Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. There's definitely a big push not to make this the era of long weekends. And um, I think the exception being in the summer, I did hear the other day that Tishman Spire, um, I, I have to tease Rob Spire when I see him that he's getting all uh, loose and sensitive. Right. Uh, that they can work from home on Fridays. Um, so I, I, uh, I think that's marvelous. But I think in general, you're seeing people make pronouncements. Okay, first thing, you can work from home in your function one day, two days. If it's a function where you work more than two days, you will not have assigned seating. You will come to a uh, hoteling situation and be assigned on those days that you're in. So I think that people are beginning to, to develop what is now, I have to say, Miriam, artificial structures. Mm. I believe it will be probably two years before people really begin to say, this works, that doesn't work, this we need to modify. And I think that there is nothing that's going to teach us that other than living through the process. Are you surprised at where we're at at the moment? I, I was just looking at, a, at some of the figures that the partnership for the city of New York has put out. 12% of workers are back. That's quite low. I, I mean, I know a summer is summer and, the, and they've got predictions that by September, 60% will be back. Yes, and I, I, uh, I am... Uh, struck by how low New York is relative to the rest of the country. And by the way, we were low all the way through, all the way through. Um, I think that, um, I think a couple of different things that is, are, are factors. One is it's summer. Oh yes, we're all taking advantage. I include myself. Um, you know, it's Friday, I'm, I'm out in Southampton. I came out late uh, Thursday night. That's just the way it is. Um, so that's number one. Number two, I think that people are still concerned about safety in the city. I think they're concerned about transit safety. I think they're concerned about the homeless population. Um, I think they're concerned about random violence. And uh, until we get a sense of real momentum from our uh, political leaders, which hopefully will occur post-democratic primary, which is coming up as you know um, on June 22nd. Um, I think until that happens and we begin to have, if you will, a shadow mayor, uh, hopefully one that's gonna take uh, command and sort of push the current mayor uh, to, um, to begin to move more aggressively against the, the issues that, that emerged during COVID. Again, that's gonna become a rationale. I, I do think that one of the um, things we are seeing now too 
is a divide among who wants to be in the office and who doesn't. I think we're seeing, uh, and what I hear at law firms is that the partners want to be in and that the support staff wants to work remote. I hear a lot from women that are concerned that they've worked out a work-life balance that they feel may be taken away from them. And yet at the same time, they don't want their career goals uh, compromised because they've elected to work remote more often. So, um, you know, we're going to be juggling all of this in the next year. That said, I can tell you the real estate market is, is on the mend. There's no question that that's the case. In terms of leasing, in terms of, of actual deals? Being uh, I, think, uh, I think in terms of, yes, first of all, yes, in terms of leasing, but more about people re-engaging. Um, you know, there were so many deals. I think about this in, in very particular context of three World Trade Center because it was such a dividing line. We had had a spectacular 2019. We did uh, 900,000 square feet of leases at three World Trade Center in 19. The, the whole team, we all went out for, uh, for drinks at our last meeting and just toasted the year and said, we're going to finish. We were on such momentum. We had so much in the way of leases out. We're going to finish through World Trade Center um, mid-2020 uh, and um, onward to two World Trade. I mean, that was basically our toast. And uh, there we were chugging down the road. We were, you know, we track every, uh, every week what percentage um, uh, we have done, I think we were at like 93, 94% in terms of if the leases we had out um, signed and then COVID, everybody pulled. They just, and again, you can't blame anybody, right? What world are we in? So, so that, that was, uh, uh, call it April uh, of, of 2020. Now what I can tell you is we have activity on every licking bit of space at Three World Trade Center. Now, have we saw, oh, oh and I'll tell you why it's also particularly exciting. Several of our tenants have put some space on the market uh, at Three World Trade. Um, Uber put space on, Casper uh, put space on, and uh, over in four, um, MediaMath uh, had sublease space. They have activity on all that space, and yet we have direct activity on the remaining, call it, you know, 400,000 square feet that we have a little bit more uh, at Three World Trade. And I think there's a shot that we could get it done this year, if not this year, the first quarter of next year. And you know what's changed in the deals? I tell you, uh, the TI package. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> what's, what, are, what are you- We're in a whole you? new TI yeah. world, yeah. Um, what are the TIs? What are the tenant incentives? Well, you know, um, I, I joke now, uh, that 115 is the new 100, right? right. Um, and, and it had been a shock to go to 100. You know, I, in all the years I've been doing this, TI packages, you know, went back and forth between max, the span was 50 to $75 a foot. Um, then, um, I don't know how many years ago, call it three, four years ago, maybe a little longer. Um, I think it was Blackstone. Uh, I always tease Simon Wasserberger that he's to blame for this. Um, hit upon the notion that um, the faster you could stabilize the building, the sooner you could uh, have a realization event uh, with that asset. And that the, the, the arbitrage between 
upping the TI and thereby accelerating the lease up uh, versus the more conservative TI and then taking a longer span, it was so much in favor of accelerating the, the, um, the lease up that Blackstone took the first step toward the $100. And then it became normative. Um, and, and what's odd about it becoming normative is I, I totally think it should be normative in triple digit rents. I get that. Um, but when it's normative in, in uh, I don't know, $50, uh, $55, $65 rent, that came as a surprise. So now um, what we are seeing is uh, very consistently uh, TI packages. I, I'm not talking about built sublease space, clearly, Miriam, you know, I wanna make that distinction. Yeah. But, um, you know, raw space uh, people are looking. And, and I also, one of the things that I find amusing are the preposterous uh, requests that we get. We got one at a building that we're agent for, for $260 a foot in TI. I mean, there's, you know, they're not even in the zip code, let alone in the neighborhood. You mean um, that they want, they want the landlord to pay 200 Yes, uh, and by the way, we didn't respond to that okay. proposal, but, <laughs> right. but it's that kind of fantasy. Now, by the, and I also wanna say that was three months ago. It, the market is a, is a learning machine, right? What the market learns from every deal that occurs. And you're, you're watching uh, people begin to factor in what's transpired. So we're not getting ludicrous uh, proposals uh, uh, anymore. My only point is that the market is, has begun to accelerate. People who are in the market are back. A number of people, and I know you know this, did short-term extensions. And uh, all of them are, uh, I should say all of them, many of them are engaging. And they're particularly engaging because there's a little drumbeat that says, we're in a moment of opportunity. And if you have an expiration in 23, 24, maybe even 25, you probably should think about doing something sooner rather than later. Because here's the other thing, we're not building office space now, right? And what I can tell you is we're, we've also pushed forward a whole number of expirations to the 24 through call it 26, 27 period. So we're going to have a moment where more than the, the average number of leases expire and where we haven't added new supply. Because as we know, it takes forever to build in the city and between difficulties getting approvals and the complexity of the construction process. And now the constrained supply lines, because that's the other thing we're hearing. And by the way, we're also hearing a big uptick uh, in cost for construction materials right now. So all of that comes together to tell you that probably sooner is better than later if you have those kinds of expirations or if you have a changing situation. So there's a sense of buzz or urgency or yes. I mean, that, yeah. that has or I, I, I don't want to say urgency. I'd say there's real energy. Energy. Okay. Real energy. Energy, but massive incentive packages that these landlords have to have to hand over. Is that is are you having trouble talk, getting landlords to agree to that? Some landlords, yes. <laughs> um, it's it's very hard to say, like, okay, feel free not to give that free rent package um, because, you know, because 
you, you won't get this tenant. And, and again, I think we're all in the process of learning. And so um, everyone you lose teaches you for the next one. Um, and again, I, I don't, I don't want to overstate, but I do, I do think the concession package is where you see it, where you're not seeing what everybody anticipated is this big drop in rent. You know, I, I always love at the beginning of any crisis, I won't name the firms because it would be inappropriate. Uh, these firms put out uh, announcements that the market is going to decline 25 to 30% in rents. And I, I'm like, you did that in 2008. You did that in, you know, post 9-11. And you were wrong then. Do you, do you think if you keep repeating nonsense, you'll eventually be right? Um, so... Well, rent has held, but as you say, we, there's so much that goes on that we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, incentive packages. And I was just looking the other day, availability is at 17%. I mean, that's, that's very high. Now, and, and now, let me tell you that uh, you have to remember that if there's, a, a, look, I'm going to say to you even more scary terms, Okay. 75 million square feet of available space. Wow. That is a number that blows you across the room. Then you have to remember that, uh, call it 25 of the 75, is subway spaces. Um, and uh, again, not that any of this uh, doesn't say that this is a tenant market, let's be plain. I mean, uh, it's, it, I always say this is the market where you're a hero to your customer, uh, whoever, whatever tenant you're representing. <laughs> um, but one of the things that, again, we've learned about sublease space in a, um, in a dramatic, uh, in a crisis moment in New York. Uh, and the, we have the illustration that happened in 2008 and nine, uh, that there was again, this massive dump bigger actually than now. I think, it, I think it peaked at 31 million square feet in the financial crisis. Um, and then in 2010, 57% of that space was withdrawn, not, not subleased, not, the tenant took it back. You know what? I, I'm actually going to occupy this space, and and we we are already in that process. I think um, I think we've had two million, and we've had uh, first of all we've had a, a real slowing down of what sublease space is coming on, and and in the last two months, each of the months in May, uh, April and May, each month five hundred thousand square feet were withdrawn in each of those months, and from January one, I think about about total. Uh, two million square feet has been withdrawn today. So we're already, I mean, uh, the way I, I, I joke with my own customers who are, whose subleases we represent, uh, is this, do we really want to sublease this or is this for me to bring you a tenant and then you decide not to sublease it? Actually, I do like this place. <laughs> yes. you see your house on the market and you're like, I, 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 I love it. Say, my, first, my first experience with this, and I will not name the company, I will not name the building. So we put a bunch of space on the market for a precious customer of mine. And bingo, bango, Microsoft shows up and says they want all the space. Now you can't have a better circumstance than that, right? Um, so I call, I said, I have some news for you. I, I uh, call and report. Um, and I, oh, just like that. And I'm like, what does that mean? Uh, and, and the customers, he says, um, you know, we were kind of hoping that wasn't the space that would go. And I'm like, okay, but it's Microsoft. In case I didn't say that clearly enough. He's like, you know, let us think of PS, of course, they withdrew it and they kept it. 
uh, and Microsoft, by the way, is still in the market looking for space. By the way, we are seeing the other side of health in the market bumping, people being bumped from one place to another because um, uh, certain spaces obviously are desirable and uh, um, many stories uh, we, we recount to each other sort of uh, to, to cheer us on. So what's your prediction for the rest of the year? Rents or hold firm, do you think? Well, they- I, when I say rent, I, I do want to also say, I don't mean rents are, are the same, but they're probably down. I don't think they're down more than eight, face, face rents are probably down more than eight, 8%. Net effective, big difference, right? We're, we're talking, you know, probably north of 25% net effective. But face rents, uh, not so much. I, I'll tell you what I, I, I do know, that high-end space, one Vandy, 425 Park, what I soon believe will be 550 Madison, have really been able to hold rents and are going to, one Vanderbilt will be finished uh, before you, we finish this conversation. I mean, I'm exaggerating obviously, <laughs> but the, uh, there's gonna be a deal announced very soon. It was done, I think on the 11th floor. Mm-hmm. We're talking extraordinary numbers. And what's really interesting is to watch again, the market teach us what it values. And um, these three buildings that I named, um, they value um, the, they value design, they value uh, health. By the way, these are all buildings where um, you look at them and um, their air filtration systems are at the highest level. They the market value sustainability, all of these things that people weren't really, you know, people were talking about, but you know, nobody was differentiating on the basis of sustainability three years ago. Now it's really a value that attracts people and people will pay up for it. Wellness, again, it was chat. Um, and now it's now it's a serious conversation. Let's talk a little, if, if we can, about that concept of, of hybrid. You started by saying you're surprised that companies are surprised that people are saying, oh, I'm doing X, Y, Z this summer. Did you, did you get a sense of a, a shifting of um, power through, through this crisis where employees were taking more power? Uh, by the way, exactly right. Um, you know, we always joke about the millennial work-life balance. Um, this was a moment when it became a dominant in the employment discussion, because it was easy to be dismissive um, pre-COVID. Um, now it's very, first of all, people are reluctant to do anything that co- causes people to feel that their health is being jeopardized. That's a, that's a completely appropriate uh, reaction. But um, what we did, by asking people relentlessly, you know, when do you feel you can come back? Are you, you know, I, I, I can't, when I think of those surveys, I of course took them, um, you know, everybody did them. And all they did was create, again, this sense that it was just fine uh, to take a meeting online at Costco. Um, you know, I, I, I'm sometimes in conversations where I'm like, where are you? when we're having this conversation because work from home um, perhaps is acceptable. Work from, um, I don't know, pick a store. Um, you know, uh, oh, I'm just out at the drugstore at CVS picking up 
uh, whatever. I'm like, you know, we had this meeting scheduled, right? Uh, et cetera. Um, I'll tell you one thing that I keep thinking is going to, to factor of uh, the cybersecurity. Cybersecurity was an issue that was percolating. Now, with all of the issues that are going on with ransom, uh, the malware concerns that are really becoming front of mind, I don't know how people do this at their kitchen table, at, at the table at uh, Starbucks, um, and everybody feel like their technology is completely secure. And I think that's going to become a factor in the equation too. But in the meantime, you're right, we have shifted the balance of power, particularly because uh, employment is tight and people are not rushing back to work. I, I, however, have to say, if in the next five to 10 years you want to build your career, I think it's a good idea to show up at work. So Marianne, I know you've got to go and I really appreciate you making time. Thank right. you so much for inviting me. Marianne Tai is the CEO of CBRE's Tri-State Region. I'm Miriam Hall. Thanks for listening.